Our scripture for today comes from the book of Acts. I'm reading from chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to them, to him with their request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you to pray with me. May the words that I say and the reflections that go through all of our minds, may these give you pleasure, God, you who are our rock, you who save us. Amen. Think about the people in your life who have clothed you, who have placed clothes upon you, who have given you clothing. Think about the ways in which being clothed is not just a physical act of covering our nakedness, but is also an expression of love and care and how the people giving it feel about you. In my second and third years of seminary, I served part-time at Barry Memorial United Methodist Church. It's in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Chicago. Barry Memorial is a congregation that has a powerful calling to support seminary students and to help them as they come to understand God's calling and claim on their lives. Barry Memorial gave me so much. They uh, critiqued and improved my sermons. They attended adult ed classes that I led. They um, received my visits when they were in the hospital. They encouraged me and wrestled with me as I sought to understand my calling. They uh, did so much for me during the two years that I served with them part-time. As that season was coming to an end, my supervising pastor, Reverend Luis Reyes, took me to a little tiny tailor shop on the northwest side of Chicago, Vestments by Visti, and a wonderful Danish man measured me to make me a robe. That was going to be a gift from the congregation at the end of my two-year term. Now, I don't wear this very often in this service, but this is the robe that the people of Barry Memorial gave me. It's called an alb, and it was custom made for me by that wonderful Danish tailor 23 years ago. So this is my alb that's a gift from Barry Memorial, and I wear it when I lead worship at the 8 and 9.30 services. 
I'm struck by how they clothed me. They bought me an album. These are crazy expensive. It was a wonderful gift when I was poor in seminary not to have to buy the alb that I would take out when I served in my first appointment. But they also clothed me with their prayers, with their encouragement, with their advice, with their wisdom. They prepared me for what I needed physically, but also spiritually. And when I, I don't think about it every time, but when I put on this alb, I think of the people of Barry Memorial, and I give thanks for them. They clothed me. Today, we hear a story about another person who clothed, Tabitha. In the city of Joppa, she was the one who cared for the widows and made them clothing. And when she became ill and died, the community was devastated. She had served them with such love and care. People there ran out to get Peter. They heard he was in the nearby town of Lydda. And so they ran out to get him. And when Peter arrived, here was Tabitha's body laid out. And here were people holding up the pieces of clothing that Tabitha had made them, signs of her care for them, her clothing them. He had the people go outside. He knelt and prayed, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and he helped her up, and she was restored. And many people heard about the story of the raising of Tabitha and came to believe in Jesus, his power, and his grace. Simon remained there in, Force, or in Joppa for some time at the home of Simon the Tanner. She clothed people. Clothing is an intimate act that means so much to us and can have a lot of feelings connected to it. For many of us, the first person who clothed us was our mothers. Our mothers were the ones who made clothing for us or bought clothing for us or received items of clothing from other people. My mom was the one who made sure I had school clothes, who laundered my clothes when I was a kid. I had something to wear because my mother clothed me. But she wasn't the only person who clothed me. My father's mother was a very gifted seamstress and knitter. And so that grandmother, Great White, uh, made little cotton chambray dresses. I had these little cotton dresses. They were decorated with rickrack. I know some of you are, are too young to know what rickrack is, but I had little, little dresses with little rickrack at the, at the sleeves and up at the collar. And those were her special gift to me, to have things to wear to church or to play in. When I was a high schooler, she found a pattern for a really beautiful cardigan sweater, and she knit these beautiful maroon sweaters for my two uh, cousins and for me and also for her niece, Lynn. And the three of us love wearing these sweaters that she had made for us. They're warm, they're comfortable, they're beautiful. But even more than that, we felt held by her when we wore those sweaters. I still have that sweater and it's still precious to me, and I think about my grandmother when I wear it. She clothed me. But our experiences of clothing can be more mixed than what I just described. Sometimes our experiences of clothing bring some pain or unease. Some of us hardly ever had new clothes because we were wearing the hand-me-downs from older siblings or other relatives. Someone said to me after 9.30 that they always had the hand-me-downs and her clothing was never, never really fit her and was never really her style. You know, clothing had a lot of emotion for her in childhood. She didn't get to wear what she really wanted to wear. Some of us remember clothing that was a uniform, 
a school uniform or maybe a sports uniform, and that showed that you were part of something, that you belonged to a particular school or particular sports team. Clothing became a sign of belonging. For some people, clothing is an expression of individuality, and some people dress really distinctively and with really attractive, stunning clothing, and it's that expression of uniqueness. Other people dress in the opposite way, and their clothing is a way to kind of fit in or blend in. I think about how often kids want clothes like the other kids and are embarrassed if their family can't afford whatever's in style at that time. They just want to fit in. Clothing brings a lot of emotion for us, emotion of uh, feeling like we have less or feeling special when we're given something that's really nice. I remember when I was new in my church in Naperville, there was a woman in that congregation who had struggled a lot with fluctuations of weight. And I was pretty new there, and she brought me two bags of beautiful clothes from Talbot's that she just decided she was never going to be that weight again. She handed me these two bags of clothes from Talbot's. They were gorgeous quality. Whenever I wore them, I would get all these compliments, and I would say, yes, this is the Susan Getz collection. <laughs> and it was. I wore them for years. What a lovely gift uh, when I was new in my ministry and new at a church to have someone clothe me. And she was happy to see those clothes get a second life. Tabitha was the one who saw the need of the widows and cared for them. In our present day, widows' financial situation can be precarious. But in Jesus' day, it was even more so. There was no social security. <laughs> there was no widow's pension. If a widow didn't have an adult child to help support her, she could find herself impoverished. She could find herself out on the street. She might have nothing. Tabitha gathered the widows of Joppa, and she clothed them. She made them items that they loved and felt beautiful in, and showed to Peter, look, look at the stuff that she made us. Look at the beautiful clothes that Tabitha gave us. They felt special and cared for because of Tabitha's ministry to them. When I think about this church, we're good at Tabitha ministry. It's striking to think about a year's worth of clothing collection that we do together at Christ United Methodist Church. Just last month, we were participating with Project Undershare, collecting um, underwear and socks and undergarments so kids at school can feel comfortable and not embarrassed that they have no underwear on underneath their outer clothing. Just last week was the meld shower, and some of you brought uh, baby clothes, cute things for the children, that when the mo young moms meet various goals in their program with melds, they can go to the closet and choose something nice, some special piece of clothing or other item for their children. In the summer, we collect clothing in the form of a new backpack and school supplies so that kids can be equipped, they can be clothed with the supplies that they need to be successful at school. And usually in the fall, we collect some items for homeless students in the Rockford Public Schools. Some years they need jeans, some years they need coats. I notice uh, what nice things people buy to the, the current blue jeans, a nice looking coat. Uh, knowing how the student's going to feel receiving something that shows that someone cared about them, that thought they deserved something nice. And at the end of the year, our final act of clothing is through the angel gifts. And some of you buy clothes for students uh, who may need clothing for school and have said what they need, or some of you buy clothing for senior adults who might not otherwise receive a gift, and you get them a nice a nightgown or a pair of pajamas or a new robe. 
you clothe them. It's an intimate act that shows caring, that really speaks to our heart. When I hear the story of Tabitha, we hear of a woman who clothed and cared for the material needs of the people. And we see what she meant to the people. And we see how this church, we got a lot of Tabithas here. We're good at that aspect of recognizing needs and responding to them. I'm struck, though, as I read this passage in Acts, that there are two miracles going on here. There's the miracle of Tabitha's care for the widows, and there's the care of Peter's prayer to raise the dead. Both of those are parts of what we're called to in the Christian faith, to meet material needs and to offer spiritual support. What we can do through prayer and the power of Christ is given to us since the, through the Holy Spirit since Pentecost to continue Jesus' ministry among us, to heal, uh, to create community, to raise the dead. We are probably stronger at the Tabitha nature than we are at the Peter nature. I think about an example that took place just this past winter in leadership team. We were doing some brainstorming in the wintertime with some ideas of goals for 2019. And I had come, I had my task list. I'd come with my list of tasks. So, you know, I really want us to get a written safe sanctuaries policy this year so we're really clear and can monitor how well we do at keeping our kids safe in this church and throughout the ministries here. And really want to get a planned giving team back together and invite people to consider including the church in their estate plans. And, you know, I had a whole bunch of tasks. And after several tasks had gotten up on the board, George English said, how about spiritual growth? And I thought, yeah. <laughs> a goal for 2019. Spirit, like, yeah. What's more important for our church in 2019 than spiritual growth? The tasks are important, but spiritual growth is the core of who we are, how we're called to live out our faith. It's how God strengthens us and equips us for every other way that we are in the world as people of faith and members and guests of Christ United Methodist Church. Spiritual growth, that's, how do we attend to that? That we want to make a goal for 2019. We do have one way that we're working on spiritual growth now, and that's through the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative. Our Breakthrough Prayer that we pray at 7.07 in the morning or 7.07 at night, asking the Holy Spirit to break through into our lives and into our church uh, soon we'll be having, we've got a kiosk ready, and soon we'll be equipped. You'll have post-it notes in your pews, and you'll be able to write on there uh, answered prayers and places where you've seen breakthroughs, and you, you'll be able to take those post-it notes and take it back to the kiosk and slap it up there. And then during our fellowship time, we can go around the kiosk and read about the congregation's experiences of answered prayers, because we know we're there. We don't always stop and pause and note the ways that God has worked in our lives through prayer. That's an effort to strengthen our Peter nature and not just our Tabitha nature. I know that sometimes we want to be more Peter, but we get shy or we don't quite know what to do. I'm guessing many of you know that feeling when you'd like to offer prayer for someone or you'd like to offer scripture, but you're not sure if they want it and you may get kind of shy and hold back, and then later on you wish you'd said something or offered that. I think about just recently a woman who had told me about some pain she was undergoing, and I, I, I had this sense, 
we need to pray for her with laying on of hands. And then the conversation shifted and off it went, and I never offered that. And since then, it has haunted me. We need to go back to that. We need to offer that. We get busy with the tasks, with the other conversations at hand, and sometimes we don't stop and say, can we pray for you with laying on of hands? This is part of what we're called to do as Christians. This is a gift we can offer. But you may know what I mean, that same sense of kind of holding back. Sometimes we find a way to work through an awkwardness, and we feel that sense of God's presence and power. Recently, a church member and I went to visit someone who is not a person of the Christian faith. This particular woman was in the hospital, and we had a nice visit with her. At the end of the visit, I wanted to pray for her, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure she would want that. And so I asked her, I, I said, we'd like to pray for you. Would you prefer that we do that here or out in the hallway? And she said, hallway would be good. So I took the church member out, and we went around the corner to the hallway. And we said, wherever two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus, Jesus is right there among us. And we prayed for this woman's healing. We respected her privacy and, and her not being comfortable with prayer, taking plastic place in her room, but we still offered her what we've been given through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm grateful for the way that played out. It, it felt like the right way to handle that, to offer not only the physical support of a person present in the room, but the spiritual support of the prayer, which is part of our calling. Since Jesus ascended to heaven, we've all been given the gift of carrying out Christian ministry. And we do that by meeting physical needs. We also do that by meeting spiritual needs, the need for spiritual healing, the need for physical healing, offering prayer, offering a sense of trust and hope that when something is dead, there may still be life, and it's worth praying on and seeing what God might do. Brothers and sisters, when I think about my mother clothing me, my first thought is about the clothing that she got me and put on my body when I was young, but that's not the best way she clothed me. The best clothing my mom gave me was the Christian faith, in my mom praying for me, in my mom taking me to church, in the way that we were, I was raised in a Christian family that knew about prayer and dedication to Jesus and the different choices we make when we invite Christ into our lives. I think about her baking cookies to take to youth group and her volunteering with different programs in the congregation and her continued prayer for me throughout my life. My mother has clothed me, yes, in physical clothes, most of which I've left, long, left behind long ago, but her spiritual clothing for me persists, and I cannot thank God enough for that. May we be people who live with and claim both natures that we're called to, the Tabitha nature of meeting physical needs, the Peter nature of praying to offer healing and power and raising the dead. May we claim both sides of that grace. Amen.